clients that I had that were, who were, um, we were recruiting from, they ended up canceling the contracts. Mm. They were went on hiring freezes. So at that point it was like, okay, so how do I generate revenue now? What does that look like? everyone. Welcome to the Reimagining Impact podcast series. My name is Matt Scott. I'm the founder of Let's Care. And this series is presented by Let's Care in collaboration with SeedSpot. Today, I have a very special guest. I'm Michelle Hayward. I'm the founder of a tech startup called Positive Hire, where we connect experienced Black, Latina, and Indigenous women who are scientists, engineers, and technology professionals to management roles in corporate America. What have the challenges been for you for Positive Hire? Before 2020, we were focused on recruiting. Uh, We were focused on building community and really focused on creating professional development for our, our women, underrepresented women in STEM. Um, you know, bridging that gap where they don't get the resources and opportunities uh, for professional development from their employers. The reason you started your your uh, business is to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. So now we're sitting in the midst of a pandemic, which causes a recession. What does that look like? Well, the recession already started, but what does that look like and how and who does it impact? And the one thing I did know was statistically speaking, women of color. Mm-hmm are have a higher unemployment rate even in stem they have the highest unemployment rate so that meant my women in my community were going to more than likely get laid off so how did i how do i help them and what did that look like i refocused more efforts to that end while recruiting client and while i could get more recruiting clients but really focus more on professional development and keeping our women employed a lot of entrepreneurs have faced a number of different challenges and pivots so i wonder from you how did you navigate that challenge or you know what were some of those resources that that helped you figure out okay i i can't really go with my initial business model and plan because of these shifts so i need to adapt what what was that process because to me, it sounds like a big, big shift that you had to make. So what I'd actually been in the process of doing was building out two other uh, layers, I would say, or revenue streams for positive hire. And, you know, you always want to focus on one, get that under control before you bring on the other two. One of the other ones was, was already professional development. We just didn't charge for it. Mm-hmm. And so we did, we did it more on a on a $27 or $97 replay for a, a five-day virtual summit. Now, if I knew the women were really in need, what did that look like and how did I repackage it? So that took one way of coming up with another revenue stream. The third revenue stream was diversity, equity, and inclusion services, which we already did as part of our recruiting process, but I didn't advertise it as much. I really focused and really pushed that one revenue stream, right? Yeah. Because you you don't want to be overwhelmed, especially when you're a solo founder and you have a small team of three, four, five at this point. Where where do you really want to spend your time? 
And so it really took me focusing on where to go next and which revenue stream to focus on more. And, and so that's what I was able to do. Fortunate for me, I'd already started planning it out because my question had been from day one, when people aren't hiring, what do you sell? Mm. So when it's a rainy day and, and you have a car wash, yeah. <laughs> it's just, what do you sell then? Umbrellas? Yeah. You know, so you have to come up with something to sell. Um, so, and that, that was my mindset. Do you remember when that, that question started to come up with you? Because a lot of people I've spoken with uh, found for one reason or another that they were more prepared for the for everything this year had in store between, you know, the between the pandemic, the racial justice movement, and all of the shifts that has had. So what was it that that uh, prompted you to be so prepared? You mentioned the question, but I, I even yeah. wonder where that came from. So part of the Seed Spot Accelerator is really diving in and understanding the problem you're solving. And the problem I'm solving really isn't recruiting. It is retention. Mm. And if it's retention, retention is tied to inclusion and equity. And so diversity is on the recruiting side. Retention mm -hmm. is on the inclusion and equity side. So understanding what I really was always focused on, what I was really about was the I and the E or the yeah. E and the I in DE, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I, I, so that bought out, that came out during the accelerator, but what the real question was, what was the best way to first generate revenue and build a brand was recruiting. So that's really how it started out. Like, okay, well, I'm gonna do a job board, but when they're not hiring, what, what problem am I really solving? And it was always the equity and inclusion part, not so much the, the recruiting part, the retention part, not the recruiting part. Wow. So you had, you clearly were, your business, Positive Hire, was affected in a lot of different ways this year. I know that you mentioned the recruiting side and the lack of uh, recruiting that organizations might be doing. So that, I'm sure, started with the, the pandemic starting in March. But something I'm curious about is just how, you know, of course, uh, there was everything with George Floyd and the police murders and protests that popped up. But one thing we saw I'm sure a lot of people are familiar. If they went to LinkedIn, there were a lot of businesses and companies and um, executives um, committing to inclusion inclu and equity and diversity. And so I wonder, did that have an impact on your business this year uh, for better or for worse? It, it did have an impact. The impact was more inbound leads. It's great mm -hmm. when you don't have to make cold calls and you're not making cold emails, right? right. It, it is way better when it's inbound. Well, I put it this way, for an engineer who mm -hmm. used to be a sales engineer and went to construction, <laughs> yeah, that's the easier part. But what I really found out was employers really were at the very, uh, many, I won't say all, many of the employers at the very beginning. And our preference is to work with employers who've already started the work and they understand now it is not a recruitment issue for them. It is truly a retention issue for them. And so those customers are much harder to come by. Um, and they are usually, they know exactly where they want to go and they know they need help getting that. So it was great to have the inbound calls. So you get yeah. 50 and maybe one is a good fit. Yeah. For what you do. So then you try to figure out 
um, how do you help the, as many of the other ones, but still be in alignment with what the mission of positive hire is? You know, your story, you sit at this place where you are, you have your business, you're connecting people with opportunities, you're connecting businesses also with opportunities in a different way. Uh, I'm, I'm curious if based on your viewpoint of things, if you have any, like if there were any major learnings or realizations just about, about the systems and, and groups that you were working with. What, what I learned about some of the groups I was working with was recruitment was their only way to feel as though they were making, um, in, they were improving diversity, equity, inclusion. Yeah. What I found out was to them, that was the part they wanted to play and say, well, we tried, but it's not our fault. It was their scapegoat. Where we are today is that's not your scapegoat. You did, it's, it's sort of like hiring the, hiring the personal trainer, but never going yeah. to meet with the personal trainer, right? Cause you have to do the work. So they weren't doing the work they really mm. needed to be doing. And so that's what I, that's what I found out as working with, with clients was some are really now ready to do the work at a higher level. Others are still kind of just hiring the trainer, playing it, doing the bare minimum to say they're, they're about diversity, equity, inclusion. Yeah. How did those, those learnings or those realizations affect positive hire and how you do your work or even more broadly, how did they affect, like affect you as, as someone who's in the groups that are impacted by the work? Was there anything that, um, any light bulbs that went off? You know, what was very interesting a lot of employers do not understand this yet i did a webinar last week for american chemical society and one of the ways i told them they had they could retain underrepresented women in stem was their company branding so you previously talked about how companies were coming out making public statements after the murder of george floyd yeah i met with more black and latino women after his murder after their companies either made uh, a statement, a horrible statement or no statement who were now looking for employment. They were right. they are looking for a new employer because yeah. now they have proof yeah. that you are a racist organization. So they, they are ready to leave. So what th- that further proved that if your stance on social change yeah. is very much important to your employee base and it will drastically impact your ability to retain um, a diverse um, employee base. So it was very good to have that and see that and have so many women say, I'm ready to quit as a whole. Can you pay your bills? Are you able to tolerate it? Is it too much trauma for you mentally and emotionally and really being able to support them? So that was one thing that came out that I wasn't anticipating. So many Mm -hmm. women wanted to talk about what they were in, what, what their employers were saying and how they were ready to quit and, and what did I have available? Yeah, yeah, because I, I even could relate just as a black man, like in the work in the workforce uh, with a full-time position that it was this moment where you, you really, you're looking around, like there's a lot that's happening. There's a lot that companies had to do and, and that they should have done been doing already. But at that point, they really couldn't avoid it um, they couldn't hire, to your point earlier, they couldn't hire the personal trainer and not go to the gym. They had to go to the gym. Exactly. So it, it's, it was really interesting because 
uh, a lot of people have the chance to show show where they stand and show where they are. And I think that 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 is interesting what you said. And I could definitely relate to that realization that there are those moments that you might said, oh, wow, I thought that you might have thought this way. But now that you've had to more fully show your cards or address this, I've learned a lot. Or one question I have is just about advice that you have for for other entrepreneurs as you've navigated this journey. You talked a little bit about your pivot, but I want to know, are there are there learnings that you would share with another seed spot entrepreneur or someone else who is currently in the accelerator um, about how to navigate some of the challenges that you faced this year? Go back and do customer discovery again. Mm -hmm. The market has changed. The needs of your customers have changed. Um, they, they, you may no longer be a vitamin. You may actually be an aspirin and you're really feeling a pain wherein you couldn't sell your services for $5. They're willing to pay you 5,000 right now. Hmm. So go back and do the customer discovery again with some of the old people and some new people and really see what's going on in the marketplace. Um, something else I would say, if, if you are, you're, you just launched in 2020 and the pandemic hit and you're like, oh my God, what do I do? Do a podcast and interview thought leaders within your space and ask them for feedback and use that as part of your marketing. Um, and so now you're getting more customer discovery at a higher level in a short 20, 25 minute interview that you can now podcast, you can do it as video, you can do it as a blog post, you can do it as so many different short clips that you can put on Instagram or, or tweetables. So you can really use that content in multiple ways. So really, really focus on doubling down on finding out really what the pain point your your um, target audience is going through right now. You know, if your life um, and if your company really were, were a book or documentary, what would the title be and why? And in other words, what's the vision for what you're building uh, and, and what's ahead for you on this journey? I'm a civil engineer. Mm -hmm. So I was, it's engineered to bridge the gap. So literally taking my skills as an engineer, as a civil engineer and bridging the gap is really what, and, and it'll be fun. I think it'll be, it's corny. The, we nerds, engineering nerds, we'll get it. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's, that would be the title. Because everyone's, a lot of people are looking for their purpose and their path in 2020, especially. And it would be great to understand how you, as someone who's an engineer, found a path that might not seem so obvious. Okay. Like, as an engineer, I think people who might hear that now might be surprised that you're doing the work that you're doing. Like, what what is it that motivated you to follow this pathway as an entrepreneur to create the opportunities you're creating for people I know it might be a long story, but I'm, I think that we all really want to hear it. This goes back to 2015, maybe 2014, but definitely 2015. I already knew I was going to leave corporate. I just didn't know what the business was <clears throat> that I was going to leave with. And at the time I came up with a business wherein I, I worked in heavy construction. I worked on capital projects. So you're talking about billion dollar projects but I never saw women owned or people of color owned firms, whether it's design firms, they could be laying down um, culverts like metal corrugated piping and putting stone across. Never saw any of them winning contracts. And so my first idea was how do I get them to win these contracts to apply for it? The feedback I got for two years, which Michelle did not want to hear, a year and a half, Michelle did not want to hear any of this, 
was I'm I'm suffering in my career. I can't get um, a promotion. Um, I'm overlooked. I'm being laid off. When I while I was on maternity leave, I was laid off. And I'm like, but that's not what I'm selling. What I'm selling is you can go start your own engineering firm. So I was trying to push my solution to people who did not have that problem. Mm-hmm. 2017 is like somebody had a heart to heart like Michelle become a career coach your people are telling you what they need I was like career coach is one to few mm-hmm. if the tr- real problem is not being able to advance in your career and being pushed out because you're undervalued how do I solve that problem and I was like that's a tech solution right to solve a one to many and that's how positive power was born was how do I retain as many underrepresented women in STEM as possible. Mm. And that's a, that's a one-to-many type solution. So so that's how I ended up with Positive Hire, is like, what, what if there was a glass door to tell you as a black woman who's 28, married with one kid, or 42, divorced with two kids, one in college, that this is, this is a good or not so good employer for you? And what does that look like? And that's how Positive Hire was born. Good. Well, I'm excited for people to to connect with you, to connect with Positive Hire, have more of those positive professional experiences. But uh, just as we wrap up, where can people learn more about you, connect with you and with Positive Hire? Sure. So you can find us all over Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, we're there. You know, you have a page. Yeah. Um, and a LinkedIn company page at Positive Hire, and that's H-I-R-E, not a red man, method man hire. For those of y'all that are old, <laughs> old enough, you'll know what that reference is, um, .co. So it's positivehire.co. And I'm Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-1-L, at C, because I'm a civil engineer, and then Hayward, H-E-Y-W-A-R-D. You can find me all over LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the same handle. So I made it real kind of kind of simple, kind of easy. One thing I want to say to you is for you to keep impacting, keep doing what you're doing, but I want to really give it to you. Um, Do you have any final words as we close out for anyone who's listening? For all the founders that are out there and you're struggling, you're probably struggling along the right path. Sometimes you're going to stop a little bit too short, but ask for help, ask for um, partnerships, ask for tools, just ask for, tell people what you're experiencing so they know how best to help you and then make the best decision from what you receive. But don't give up, just continue to ask for help and making sure you're actually solving a problem that people are willing to pay for.